Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Go big or go home. What's happening? Welcome to the Nats Insider Podcast for another week. Dan Kolko with you, and we got a good one today filled with a couple up-and-comers in the Nationals organization, one we've already seen at the big league level, one we might see at the big league level sometime within the next few years. C.J. Abrams will be our first guest on the podcast this week. The One of the centerpieces of the trade that the Nationals made a few weeks back, sending Juan Soto and Josh Bell out to San Diego. Already thus far, we've seen Luke Voigt, we've seen C.J. Abrams, and Mackenzie Gore has been around the club not active yet as he works his way back from injury, but CJ called up what within the last week or so and made a couple nice plays in his first few games at nationals park, showing off that range, that athleticism and his first hit as a national had an RBI attached to it that tied the game for the nationals late against who was that? Who did we just play? It's all blurring together against the Cubs. There it is. So let's get to this interview with C.J. Abrams now. 21-year-old, out of Georgia. Davey Martinez has said he's going to be his shortstop every day, and we're going to watch him develop and enjoy seeing him make strides in the days, weeks, and months to come. C.J. Abrams, one of the centerpieces of the trade just a few weeks back with the Padres. Hey, C.J., how you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, So we're talking now with you back in San Diego. It didn't take long for you to uh, get back where it all started for you. What's it like just returning to that ballpark so soon after the trade that brought you to the Nationals? I mean, it's a familiar spot for sure. Um, like you said, I was just here. Just another day of baseball. Yeah, another day in a familiar place. Um, it's been, I'd imagine, a lot for you to process over the last couple of weeks. Um, you, I'm sure you heard your name in trade rumors before the trade actually happens. You had gotten established within that organization over the last few years. You had gotten up to the major league level and gotten comfortable there uh, a bit too. What have the last few weeks been like? You've kind of had a chance now to settle in with the Nats a little bit. Just take us through what the last few weeks have been like for you mentally, emotionally. I mean, I'm big on staying present, so kind of just going with it. Um, Everything happens for a reason. I heard the uh, rumors and everything, but I kind of stayed focused on my craft getting better every day and everything will take care of itself. And here I am now with the national. Here you are. And Davey uh, said that he gave you kind of that same message. Be where your feet are is, is an expression that he likes. So it sounds like that kind of jives with, with your mentality of just kind of going about your business, wherever you happen to be. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right. So I, I like asking this question of guys that uh, have a lot of athleticism and it seems like you certainly do. When you were growing up, were there any other sports that you played that you considered getting into like full time or was baseball always the one for you? Um, I had in my mind baseball was going to be the one, but I played basketball and football up until junior year in high school. But senior year, just baseball, focus on baseball. What 
set baseball apart for you? What was it about the sport that that really drew you to it or that you love so much? Felt like there's a lot of work and there's a lot of things you can get good at. You can always get better at it. Um, I mean, that's with anything, but baseball, I just love hitting, really hitting and having fun out there for sure. So you were a high pick back in 2019, drafted by the Padres. Uh, got off to a great start to your pro career. Your numbers down the stretch in 2019 were, were off the charts. And then 2020, obviously a weird year all across the board. COVID hits and it totally disrupts the minor league system. You don't have a minor league season in 2020. But if I'm not mistaken, you went to the Padres alternate site. Is that right? Right. Yeah. So you didn't have the normal, you know, minor league development in that first full year. but it might've benefited you in some other ways that you were around more established guys. You were around some uh, coaches that had coached at the major leagues, some players that had played at the major leagues. What, what was 2020 like for you being at the alternate site as compared to going through normal affiliated games? I mean, obviously you want to play games, but we couldn't do to the circumstances, but I was able to get out here and get better in San Diego. Like you said, with the coaches, great staff, great teammates. Every day, just focus on getting better, and hopefully games start soon, which they did. What do you think you learned out of that experience um, that maybe you might not have had you just been in kind of the normal the normal protocol? I mean, when adversity hits, you got to be able to face it and come through on the other side, which we did for sure. Did did you have any interactions with kind of more elevated guys in the system that were really impactful for you, either guys that were higher up in the minor leagues or guys that had been at the major leagues before? Uh, yeah, we would scrimmage the big league team every now and then, kind of talk with them a little bit. But for most part, it was kind of separated for sure. Gotcha. Um, so 2021, you're back in uh, normal games and – you suffered a, a big injury. You fracture your tibia, and I think you had a little knee sprain in there as well. For Nats fans that are not familiar with that injury, how that all happened, take us through that. You, you read fractured tibia, and it sounds pretty gnarly. Yeah. So there was a ball up the middle, and um, me and Eggy Rosario kind of collided, and his knee hit my knee, and I had sprained the MCL and then fractured the tibia. So, And the tibia is probably the thing that took the longest to heal for sure. What was that like for you? You're itching to play games. You're trying to be out there every day. And then you have this setback that uh, I'd imagine took a little a little bit to come back from. Yeah, it definitely sucks. But I mean, it is what it is. We had the Futures game that next week. Hmm. I was kind of down for a little bit, but got to get through it. You know, those things happen. Freak accidents. Um, and I healed perfectly fine. I'm back to normal now. So thank God. What were you able to do during that time when you weren't able to run around, uh, but you're still trying to be productive in some way? You're trying to put good use of that time in some capacity. How how were you going about that to try and still improve yourself as a ball player, even if you couldn't do the normal, you know, routines that you would? I mean, I'd do everything I could, like I was able to do, um, you know, rehab every day. I'll do an upper body lift when I can, um, stuff like that. Any hands work, hand-eye coordination, just anything that can can keep me getting better. So this year with the Padres, you had two stints with them. Uh, you were up with them for a bit to start the year. Then you go down to El Paso, uh, I think like early May, early to mid-May, and you put up big numbers at AAA. Then you get called back up to the Padres. 
And your numbers in that second stint were were pretty good. We're definitely improved over the first go round. Did anything feel different to you or, or more comfortable in that second time around at the big league level? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'd been there before, so it wasn't as, you know, I wasn't as antsy or nervous as I was before. And then going to El Paso helped to get every day at bats for sure. And then when I came back, I kind of just played the game. CJ Abrams joining me on Nats Insider. Um, CJ, you played a bunch of different positions with the Padres. Your natural position is shortstop. You played some second, even played a little bit of outfield. What was that like for you? Uh, you're a guy that has said in the past that you want to be a shortstop. You feel like you are a shortstop. Um, but at the major league level, you kind of go where the team needs you to go. What was that like? Exactly. Um, anywhere I could help the team, I was willing to do second base, kind of the same thing as short, just on the other side of the field. And then a little bit of outfield, kind of go out there and use my athleticism. So whatever I could do to help the team, I was willing to do for sure. You get traded over to the Nats, and Davey says pretty much right away that you're going to be our shortstop every day. I'm going to put you out there. You know, if there's a day that you need a day off, we'll talk about it. But I'm going to run you out there at shortstop every single day. What does that do for you mentally when a big league manager is putting the, the trust in you to say, you're my guy, go go have fun, go play? Right. It takes a lot of weight off the shoulders to go out there and play, have fun. Um at shortstop, I feel the most comfortable, and it'll show for sure. How did you develop your your shortstop instincts and just kind of your feel for that position? How did that develop growing up or in youth ball? I mean, shortstop was where I played pretty much all my life, um, so I'm out, I'm I'm gonna be comfortable there anytime. Uh, CJ, you you're trying to get established in a new organization, and I think. You know, fans see guys move around in the big leagues all the time. They get released, they get traded, um, but they don't realize the impacts that it has on the human beings that are attached to those trades. What What's it like when you are traded and you have to pick up and move across the country and get acclimated to new teammates, new coaches, a new way of doing things in a different organization? Take fans through all that goes into that for you. I mean, with the team I was on, I build relationships. Um you know, they're going to last forever. And um, knowing a new team, you get to make more friends, more more relationships you can build on. And um, just have fun with it. Enjoy the game. You know, it's a blessing to play this game of baseball. And I'm just happy I can do that. CJ, you grew up, uh, I believe, in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, was there a player growing up that you really looked up to or, or kind of modeled your game after? I like watching Ken Griffey Jr. swing it. He has a nice swing. Who didn't? Um, yeah. Growing up, I kind of, me and my dad would kind of model his swing a little bit. So he was definitely my favorite player to watch. Very cool. Um, I read somewhere that uh, as you were coming up through the minors, it was a struggle for you to keep weight on. It is you, you said something about how I, I want to just be eating all the time to try and keep weight on over the course of a season. Um, is that still something, I mean, you're six, two, you're, you're a tall kid, but, uh, is that still something that you, you try and do throughout the course of a season? Yeah, definitely. Try to eat as much as I can, whenever I can, uh, stay in the gym, keep the body healthy. Do you feel like there's more, more growth there for you physically? Like that, you know, you're still young that over the course of the next few years, as you maybe put on a little bit of weight or a little more strength that, that there is more in there. 
Yeah, I believe so. You know, grow a little bit and just keep doing what I'm doing. CJ, if we can project down the road five years, what type of ball player do you see yourself as? Where do you see yourself uh, becoming as a major leaguer? You know, I'm, I just want to be the best that I can be. You know, the ceiling's high, and I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna keep chasing it. It's gonna. It's a moving ceiling, for sure. I like that. Be as best as I can, for sure. I'm sure you've been working hard with Darnell Coles and with Six uh, since coming up to the big league club here. What type of things have they been working with you on offensively uh, to get you as locked in as possible at the plate? I'm just kind of focusing on those middle pitches, kind of shrinking the zone, make sure I'm swinging that strikes, uh, not getting myself out. That's probably the biggest thing. And then kind of my direction to the pitcher, not crossing myself over. Those are the biggest things I'm working on. C.J. Abrams here with me on Nats Insider. And CJ, uh, I'll let you get back to work on this one. Um, you know, Nats fans see Juan Soto get traded away. This is a guy that helped them win a World Series. That's one of the best players in the game. Um, and you come back along with McKenzie, along with Luke, and and a handful of other prospects to help be that next building block crew that can helpfully get the Nats a World Series. How do you view that for yourself? Do you view that as any type of pressure, as a challenge, as something exciting that that you like, that you're now being uh, turned to for that that type of an organizational rebuild? Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely more excitement. Um, like you said, we got a good core, so a lot of good players coming up. I think we'll be really good really soon. C.J. Abrams, the Nationals' newest shortstop, kind enough to take some time. C.J., really appreciate it, man. Enjoy the rest of your time out there in San Diego, and uh, we're looking forward to watching you grow, man. Of course. Appreciate you. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. All right, so we heard from a guy who was a very highly ranked prospect and is now up at the major league level. Now let's hear from a guy who is working his way up prospect rankings. That's Mitchell Parker, fifth round pick of the Nationals out of San Jacinto College in Houston back in 2020. Left-hander, 22 years of age out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. And isn't a guy that is all over the top 100 prospect lists across Major League Baseball, but is a guy that in his first couple of years in the national system has impressed. And this year he's put up great numbers with high A Wilmington. Had a chance to catch up with the left-hander recently to talk about his progress from being drafted back in 2020 to now two years into his pro career. Let's play that conversation now with Mitchell Parker, left-handed starting pitcher. Mitchell, how you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for taking the time and uh, and joining me today. So, um, 
Let, let's dive into this. You get drafted by the Nationals. This was actually the third time that you got drafted. You were drafted out of high school. You were drafted out of San Jack uh, a first time, and then the Nationals got you in 2020. Is that right? Yeah. Fifth round pick back in 2020. Um, obviously, some stuff happened in 2020, and <laughs> your your uh, pro career had to take a little bit of a, a, a break, I guess, to start. But you've had, you know, a year and a half plus under your belt now. How has it been in this time since you got drafted? How are you settling into being a professional ball player? Uh, I would say it's it's going pretty well so far. I mean, obviously having the regular hiccups and uh, getting used to the longer seasons. I mean, college wasn't a, wasn't a long one, especially especially my last season in college wasn't wasn't long at all. Uh, but getting into the longer season, being able to go deeper into deeper into it and still be healthy is definitely definitely a big learning curve. But we're figuring it out. <laughs> so last year you started at Low A at Fredericksburg. You got bumped up to Wilmington as the year progressed. Um, take us through that year because, as you mentioned, that was you know it, it can be a, a big transition going from being you know a, a once a week starter to being on a true five or six day turn and and getting through the grind of a full year. What was last year like? And what do you think you really gained out of uh, that first full season as a pro? Uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, the the going from maybe once a week to being on a true five man, maybe six man rotation, it was a lot more a lot more learning how to take care of everything in between starts instead of instead of doing one thing that week and then having the entire week off. You had to kind of be able to rebound a lot quicker, and so you're, you kind of learn to take care of yourself a little better uh like eat better work out without without wearing yourself out just, just all around maintenance on yourself how do you learn those things like uh, is that from coaches <laughs> is it from other other pitchers that are around you or is it just kind of trial by error uh i would say it's kind of all three is i was learning from people that were there before me learning from the coaches there and then just kind of what things were working better for me what what, what wasn't working better for me <laughs> it was just kind of trial by error so you, you've spent this year at Wilmington as well, um, and the numbers are are good across the board. Your hits allowed are down this year significantly from last year. What do you think has led to that? Uh, we, we've been uh, working on some more pitches. I mean, right now we're we're kind of changing up the curveball a little bit, get a little get a little harder. Uh, in spring training, we started to work on a little change up a little better, get, get a little more confidence in that. So I would, I would just say it's kind of the more more pitches, learn, learn how to pitch with them, better sequencing, uh, just and overall learning how to get guys out better. What was your arsenal when you came out of college? Uh, you, you mentioned the adjustments that you made lately. What what did you come out of Sanjak with? Uh, truly, it was just a fastball curveball and kind of a kind of a lazy little change up splitter thing that I threw maybe five times my entire college season. <laughs> so you probably knew that if you were going to stay a starter, you would have to round out that arsenal a bit. Um, how has the process gone? Uh, let, let's start with the change up. How do you go about either taking that same change up grip that you had and just getting more comfortable with it? or tinkering with it to make that a more useful pitch for you? Uh, really, we were just doing a lot of catch play with it. I mean, changing things up really every day you're out there on the field throwing with it, trying to trying to figure out what works, what feels right, what doesn't feel right. And then obviously when we're, when we're on the mound for the bullpens or even in the game really early on, it's, you just kind of see, kind of see what's, what's effective and what's just hitting more barrels. <laughs> and the curveball tightening that up, uh, getting it a little firmer. 
you know, there's a lot of data that's out there now. You guys have a lot more at your disposal in terms of the high-speed cameras and all the analytics than even 10 years ago or so. How do you think those elements have led into whether it's the organization's decision, your decision to make that curveball a little firmer? Oh, I would say definitely a lot. I mean, it's just going off of the different changes with it. I mean, what, one of them, the one that I was throwing out of college was kind of a slower, kind of more hittable. So as we got in pro ball more, it would it'd be a lot more, a lot easier of a pitch to hit than a little harder one with a little sharper break. Mitchell Parker, Nationals left-handed pitching prospect, joining me on Nats Insider. Um, Mitchell, beyond kind of what you were discussing about just settling into the the full grind of a season. What is it like being a, a professional ball player? I would, I would imagine that this is something that you dreamed of your entire childhood and you've now gotten to live that the last couple of years. What is life like as a, what, 22 year old guy who's getting to live out his dream and, and hopefully work his way up to the big leagues? Uh, I'd say it's awesome. I mean, really, really nothing to complain about. You get to travel all the time. You get to you get to play a game every day, which is the big one. I mean, not many people can say they're they're playing a game every day, and you just kind of you meet new people. I mean, I've met more people in the last what, year and a half than I probably have my entire life. <laughs> pretty pretty close, at least. Yeah, for sure. Um, so your strikeout levels are are pretty high uh, last year and this year as well. You see a lot of lefties that are maybe more touch and feel guys. They're more just kind of getting weak contact. Have you always been a guy that from the left side gets a lot of swing and miss and has the ability to strike a lot of guys out? Or has that developed for you over the course of the last year or two? Uh, it's always kind of been there. I mean, obviously, there's some hit or miss here and there. I mean, obviously, with a lot of walks, but high school, college, it was always kind of a kind of either a strikeout or strikeout or bust. <laughs> <laughs> Where is next for you on your development? You mentioned the strides that you've made in terms of the arsenal, um, in terms of just kind of the routine. What's the biggest thing for you that you want to still continue to work on and see growth in that area? Uh, this entire year so far, I've been been given away too many free bags. I mean, I've I've been walking more guys ever, so we're just we're trying to narrow that down, see if we can limit that. I mean, really at this point, as much as we can, because it's. At the end of the day, we've been we've been giving up a lot of a lot of free bags to a lot of guys that don't deserve them. <laughs> Is that more mechanical work or approach or sequencing? How do you go about trying to limit those? Uh, kind of all of the above. I mean, either mechanical, just trying to make everything more repeatable. That's definitely an issue I've had is making making my delivery more repeatable. Uh, and then it also comes down to just the sequencing with it. I mean, the trust in the pitches, the the command with them, just kind of figuring out how things move, where where to where I need to start things, and just things like all that. Mitchell Parker joining me on Nats Insider currently at High A Wilmington. And Mitchell, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You played at San Jack with Jackson Rutledge, uh, who was a first round pick of the Nationals the year before you. Oh yeah. <laughs> What, oh, yeah. what was that like having the two of you in a rotation in college and now being in the same minor league system and getting to go through this process, you know, alongside each other in a lot of ways? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, after after he was drafted his for his year, I was out living with him. So we were working out together. And then the very next year when I was drafted by the Nats, we, we were still working out together. So it was kind of like we didn't ever really, really leave each other uh in college it was great I mean both of us were both of us were starting pitchers we were we were able to get our team a lot of wins just kind of do that have a lot of fun 
I mean, really have a, have a good friendship with it all. And now we can carry it over to pro ball and hopefully carry it over for a long time. So he was the first to be drafted by the Nats. You came a year afterwards. What was that moment like when you heard from the Nats that you were going to be their fifth round selection? I would imagine he was one of the first calls that, that you made or that you received. Uh, right after it happened, he actually, he texted me probably five, 10 minutes right after it happened, congratulating me, basically welcoming me, uh, to the Nats family. It was, it was kind of cool. That's awesome. Mitchell Parker, Nationals left-handed pitching prospect is here with me on Nats Insider. Mitchell, um, how do you see yourself advancing throughout the system? What are going to be the strengths that you lean on, um, that will allow you to, to hopefully one day put on a Nationals uniform, make your way here to DC and be a guy out of the nationals rotation every fifth day. What's going to help you get there the most, do you think? Um, I'll probably just the, I mean, a lot of strikeouts with it, uh, a low, I don't give up many hits when, when everything's working. Obviously there's times that not everything's working and <laughs> you can't really miss a barrel. It feels like, but just limited, limiting the walks with it all and keeping guys off base is kind of, kind of where it'll be at. Mitchell Parker off to a great start early in his Nationals career, and we look forward to seeing him uh, rise through the ranks in the Nats organization. Mitchell, thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. Good catching up with you. Thanks for having me here. We'll be right back. Welcome back. All right, so we went down on the farm. Now let's go back to the major league level and talk to by far the most experienced guy on the Nationals roster this year. That's Nelson Cruz in his 18th season as a major league baseball player. And Nelly isn't having the type of year offensively that that I'm sure he expected, but there have still been some really good moments in there. And I wanted to make sure to recognize a cool one on the last homestand. Nelson Cruz picking up his 2,000th career hit. Quite an accomplishment from the 42-year-old. And I chatted with him a couple days after picking up that knock to discuss what that hit means to him, reaching that milestone, uh, his lengthy career overall, and what it's been like for him this year as a leader on a young Nationals team. Let's hear now from the 2,000 hit man, Nelson Cruz. So you've had a couple days now to let number 2000 sink in. What are your thoughts on getting to that accomplishment? Uh, it's special. It means a uh, few things, you know. I'll be able to stay healthy, play for a long time, you know. And uh, it's a bless, you know. It's a bless to be, to be able to get that many hits, you know. Uh, I always thank God for, for that accomplishment. Was that something on your mind going into this year as a milestone that you wanted to hit, or were you not even really thinking about it? No, no. I mean, two days ago when they put the stuff in scoreboards, when I realized that I need two more hits. <laughs> uh, I always love I, I don't like to pay attention to stuff, uh, especially milestones and stuff like that, um, because you lost your focuses to play the game, you know. So, um, yeah. That said, you have accomplished quite a lot in your career. You're going to, when you're retired, look back on all that stuff and, and decide what means most to you. But standing here now, what are you most proud of over the course of your long career? Um, I think that the, the stuff that I do outside baseball, you know, uh, the cheerier stuff, um, 
the um, the help that I that I bring to my community, to the country, Dominican, um, the places where I play, um, because those stuff definitely impact people um, directly. Um, numbers at the end of the day with numbers you know it would be nice to see them when you retire like you said um but at the moment i focus on to just play the game you've made impacts on people away from the ballpark like you say in, in communities you've made an impact on your teammates as well and you've got some guys here that are younger that are trying to learn the game mm -hmm. what have you been trying to tell guys like luis garcia um like some of these younger guys that are getting an opportunity at a young age up here at the major league level yeah, I mean, uh, the message is always the same, you know. Um, I see great players with a lot of talent come and go, you know. Um, different situations, the stuff that sometimes you cannot control. Um, the ones that you control is come every day to the ballpark, make sure you put your work on the gym, the work outside, if you're here in the cage every day, have a routine. Um, and outside of that, you know, always if you had the chance to create a foundation or even have to be a foundation just impact um, your community that's also part of your job as a player do you find yourself leading more by example verbally by by saying stuff to guys taking guys to the side and, and kind of coaching them up that way how do you go about your leadership style well at the end of the day you have to be an example you know I cannot go out there and talk without doing mm -hmm. what I said you know um, so at the end of the day, they have to trust what you're saying, so um, that take time. You know, I don't want to go and say something because to say when I say something is I mean that, mm. and and I believe that that can help him to be a better player, a better person. Um, uh, through the years, uh, I learned through good players, good persons, and and um, that's the way it should go. And uh, that's what I try to do. You know, help him any way I can. It doesn't necessarily have to be a position player. Uh, also pictures, you know, sure. uh, with whatever I feel they can, they can be better. Thanks, Nelly. Yep. That'll do it for the Nats Insider Podcast this week. Thanks to Nelly, thanks to Mitchell Parker, and thanks to C.J. Abrams for joining me on this week's episode. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Go big or go home.